All right, let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents, where we pledge allegiance only to family and liberty. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I really appreciate you. But guys, I need you to go to iTunes and YouTube and click that follow button. Smash the button, just like the hip kids say. Now, I know that I often say I need your help to help me feed those Asian babies, and it's kind of a joke that I do here, but that shit ain't a laughing matter no more, because let me tell you guys, my 12-year-old, barely 12 years old, dude has hit puberty. He's sprouting pubes all over the place and eating up everything in sight. At the same time, inflation is going through the roof, gas is $5 a gallon, and a holiday ham is $75. So we need your support, because we got to add more sponsors, or we're going to starve here. So please, guys, give us five stars. Give us six stars. I don't know how you do that, but find a way. Do it, please. And write a review. No more freeloading over here with the dad presents. We try to give you entertainment. We need your help. Now, I know I know, most of my followers are illiterate. I know. It's a problem. Public education sucks. Not your fault. But maybe for the review, just draw a smiley face or something. Give us a little review. Okay? Thank you. Appreciate you. Now, listen. What's up? Probably shouldn't bury the lead here. If you're not watching on YouTube, then you are missing this glorious, glorious Thanksgiving hat I'm wearing right now. And guess what? If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, I'm not going to describe it to you because I did some reading about self-promotion recently. And this, this right here, this hat, this is what you call a tease. And believe me, I know all about the art of the tease because it's been used against me time and time and time again in my past and still to this present day. I just didn't know I could use the tease to my advantage, and that's what I'm doing now. So go to YouTube or go to Rumble, watch it, drop a comment, check it out, subscribe. Um, also, no problems, but if you're if you're tuning in there, I might just show you a sneak peek of my turkey before the end of the episode, you know, in recognition of, of the holiday and all. Now, in this week's episode, we're going to be spreading love and liberty with Tracy Henderson. Tracy is a lawyer, and she's the founder of the California Parents United, and she's helping to lead the fight against tyranny. Now, I, I got to tell you, this episode, she's a brilliant woman. She's fighting hard. We appreciate her. But this episode got a little bit into the weeds on California law as it relates to mask and vaccine passports and how we as parents can fight for our rights. Um, if you don't live in California, there's still plenty you can gain from this episode, because what happens in California eventually happens all over the country, and you all got to be fighting for your rights. Let me take this hat off. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's rewind. My 12-year-old, right? <laughs> Puberty. And I, I tell you what, man, when I discovered this, it caught me way off guard. It, it shocked me, quite frankly. I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth and found my son examining his package. And I'm like, uh, bud? What you doing there? And he looks at me and he says, there's a hair stuck to my penis. And he's picking at it like a moron, like he's, like he's going to take it off. And I look down and there's not one hair. There's like 20 of them shits all over the place. I, I was absolutely floored, stunned. And his mother still hasn't stopped crying about her baby growing up. And I'm not joking. She's, she's cried every day. Now, the reason this is so shocking is because your boy hair... I didn't hit puberty until like, I don't know, man, 28, maybe. I mean, I was literally the last dude in my hometown to grow a furry set. Now, now don't get it twisted. Your boy was always a horn dog and I started wanking it in the second grade. And that's no exaggeration. 
Now, I didn't know what I was doing and and nothing, you know, no baby seeds came out and I called it rubbing because I didn't know any better, but that's what was happening. I would hang over the edge of the bed on that crease there and I'd rub it back and forth over the corner and you better believe I had a little second grader boner and a little second grader orgasm, just shooting blanks. And my mom, God rest her wonderful heart, just a wonderful lady, got to talk more about my mom. She caught me and she told me, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's all she said. But she never explained why. And, you know, even at that young age, I was a man who needed answers. You're not just going to tell me don't do that. It's like, Ma, this, this feels awesome. You want me not to do this awesome thing, but you're not going to tell me why? Okay, mom, I'm going to keep doing it. So I did it constantly, everywhere. Find a pole at recess, uh, you know, the, 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 the big wheel, the, the rough part of the big wheel, everywhere. I got caught in Miss Warhurst's class, second grade, using Angela Herring's furry hooded coat behind the coat rack during recess. I did. That's a true story. And yes, Angela, I'm sorry. Angela, by no coincidence, maybe, moved away in third grade, and I cried about it because I was super in love. She was my first love. Angela Herring, still love you. But uh, Miss Warhorst, she told me why it was wrong and freaked out a little bit. Lesson learned, I didn't do that in school no, no more, but still didn't stop. Anyway, I didn't hit puberty until I was seriously probably 14, maybe halfway to 15, and that sucked big time. Big time it sucked. I got picked on. I got bullied. I got pushed around. But I'm the better for it, I think. I think it thickened my skin. I think being a late bloomer in the, in the span of my lifetime has served me well. It's made me tougher. It really did. I was kind of like my son. Um, he's, he's the nicest kid who ever lived. He just is. And that's, that's not my bias speaking because I won't say that about our second kid, now, I'm not going to say the second one is an asshole on a show that 10,000 people listen to, but I'm just going to say he's not not an asshole. You know what I'm saying? But my first boy, he's the sweetest sweetie pie who's ever lived in the history of sweetie pies. You, you get my kid, you get a pumpkin pie. My kid is five times as sweet as that pumpkin pie. He's sweeter than a pecan pie with whipped cream on it. Now, I've got him running eight miles a day, eight miles a day, three times a week. So about 24 miles a week right now. We're training and he's getting physically tough. I've had him in jujitsu and he's getting physically tough, but he's small and he's still the biggest softie the world has ever seen. He cries all the time. He gets his feelings hurt when his little brother picks on him. And I worry about this kid that the world is just going to chew him up and spit him out. I really worry about that. Like nice people. We, we want a world with nice people, but the reality is if you're too nice, you get walked all over. That is just, that's just truth. That's just the world. You got to have a thick skin in this world. Um, and we're moving towards a society where everybody's offended by every little thing and we're trying to rule, we're trying to eliminate people getting their feelings hurt, but that's just never going to happen, right? It's a cruel world. No matter what they legislate, no matter what they try to do, it's a cruel world and you got to have thick skin. And I actually think it would have done him good to be a late bloomer and get a little bullying, but it's not going to happen. He's becoming a man. That's just the reality of it. Um, and I guess I'm just going to have to be the one to give him those beatdowns and, and 
get them that mental toughness. So what I do, I, I lock them up in our chicken coop and I go out there once an hour and I, I throw things at them and, and call them names and, and maybe that'll do it. I don't know. Kidding, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm not loving this entry into puberty because dude, you've been through it. You know, puberty for dudes, it's just raging out of control hormones and, and spraying baby seeds all over the place constantly. And I, f- I feel bad for his mother because teen dudes, they're just unloading baby seeds in every direction like a skunk, just spraying it, marking their territory six times a day. And it's not their fault. You can't be mad at them because they can't help it. Being a teen boy, women, women don't understand this. They really don't. And we don't, we don't understand your struggles. But I don't think sometimes women even recognize that there are struggles for men because they see this as a world that favors men. And maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not here to make that argument. I'm just saying that men have struggles too. And being a teenage boy is a constant mental struggle. And and this is not a joke. I'm not kidding. When I say that boys, teenage boys going through puberty, they're basically mentally retarded in the truest medical dictionary definition of that world. A teenage boy's brain, it's constantly impaired from being able to think clear because the boy is backed up with baby seeds and those baby seeds are feeding constant, disgusting, perverted thoughts to his brain computer and screwing up the hardwiring and just making that person retarded. It's actually horrible. So then a kid does what he needs to do. He clears the beast and frees up the brain circuits. And after that, he gets clarity for about 15 minutes until the next bout of mental retardation kicks in. And that's just the truth. That's what happens. That's what it's like to be a teenage boy. It's awful. And teenage boys make horrible decisions and put themselves in real physical danger on the regular. If you have a teenage boy, you know they're dumb. They do dumb things. Like I'm saying, they're mentally retarded. They do dumb things all the time. They make terrible decisions. Why do they do that? There's two reasons. Two reasons why teenage boys make terrible decisions. And we all were teenage boys and we all made terrible decisions, some worse than others. Two reasons. Number one, teenage boys are filled with angst and rage because they have the, all this sexual energy with no place to put it. They get frustrated. They get worked up. They take out a lot of that on their parents because the parents are the authority force in their life, right? And that's unfortunate for the parents because parents, we love our kids. We want to help our kids, but but they do. They take it out on teachers. They take it out on their buddy. They take it out on each other. Second reason is they're mentally retarded and they do dangerous things because they think that's how you impress a girl. They think they're they think that if they do dumb, dangerous things and show how manly they are, that's gonna impress a girl enough to get her to help them alleviate their condition. And the thing is, on that one, they aren't entirely wrong because teenage girls, though they're not mentally retarded like teenage boys, they are clinically insane. Teenage girls are clinically insane. And when smelly, dirty, fat Joe from down the street yells, beast mode, and he smashes his meaty head through a school locker to show his manliness, the same way that two elks will lock horns with... To, to, in order to impress the doe, in that same way, the clinically insane teenage girl, well, she gets a tiny bit turned on by this dude's display of raw, toxic masculinity. 
It's the unfortunate truth. That's what happens. I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned this in, in my book, but I, I feel like when a teenage boy hits puberty, society should lock those dudes in a cage with some porn and lube and tissues and just, just leave them there. Leave them there to their own devices until they're about 25 years old. The parents should just go outside once a day, throw some raw meat in the cage and run away before he sprays you. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I want to raise a wonderful boy. That's our goal here. Every parent's goal is to raise a wonderful kid who's a, a good hearted person who becomes a productive member of society and one day becomes a great dad, right? If that's not your goal, if your goal is not to raise somebody who becomes a good person in society, who is successful and who becomes a good dad and passes all that down. What are you doing, right? What are you doing? You know, you want to be their friends, of course. If you, if you don't want to be your kid's friend, I don't get that when they say you shouldn't be your kid's friend. Like if you don't want to be your kid's friend, if you don't want that dude to be your best buddy, why are you having kids? You can be their best buddy and also be a great dad. That's another conversation. Let's not get into it, but you can. You got to be buddies with your kids, right? Otherwise, you, you're spending 15 years being miserable, I don't want to hang out with some dude who I'm not buddies with for 15 years. I spent a lot of time with my kids. I sacrificed a lot for those kids. That dude better be my buddy, right? But sometimes you got to put being his best friend aside to be a dad and raise him right and discipline him and make sure he keeps his, his nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and turns out to be a good productive member of society because we're not trying to raise psychopaths here. And that might be what's going on wrong in society is we've been too friendly with these kids. Some parents are too friendly to the point where they don't turn the friend switch off and become the parent, and we have a society of self-absorbed kids running around the world, making it not a great place. Anyway, I don't think we have too much to worry about this kid. My only goal with him for the next six years is to make sure he doesn't become a dad yet and to make sure he doesn't get himself killed. And that's a real concern. When I think back to my own teen years, especially from like 16 to 23, and, and don't get it twisted. When you're 23, if you're in college, you're still a kid. You're still a teenager, basically. You still have a teenager brain. That brain is not fully formed and you're making bad decisions for all the same reasons that teenagers make bad decisions. You're flooded with hormones that are telling you to spray seed, spray seed, and, and you make bad decisions because of it, right? So my, my, what I want from 16 to 23 is to make sure he doesn't get anybody pregnant and he doesn't do something stupid that gets him killed. That's the goal. I don't think we have too much to worry about with them, but these hormones are still in their brand new infant stage. So we'll see. All right, let me get a drink here. Anyway, as I'm recording this intro, literally like four minutes before I came on, the verdict came in on Rittenhouse, and I wasn't expecting to talk about that today, but it just came in, right? And he was not guilty on all counts. And I don't know. All I can say is I'm super happy we packed last year's riot decorations towards the front of the garage because they're easier to get to right now. And as soon as I get off here, I'm going to get out to the garage, get my riot decorations hung up and celebrate this year's riot season because it's coming. It's coming. There will be riots. My my hope this year is that 
at the end of riot season, I'll still have two cars because at the end of riot season last year, only had one car because one got stolen because it's a riot. It's a mostly peaceful protest riot. Anyway, I, this I'm not Fox News. I'm not CNN. Um, and I'm not going to take that route here. I'm not going to commentate. All I'm going to say is I, I, I already heard CNN's take, and I already hear them saying he should have been guilty, yet I've not heard them say what the kid was supposed to actually do in the same situation. Like, And, and here's the first thing that came to my mind, right? If a man invades somebody else's house, a criminal goes into a house to steal all their shit, and while he's in that house, he shoots everybody in the family, kills them. Boom, four people dead, right? And then he gets off in that trial, the whole world's going to be pissed. Why? Because that man was obviously guilty. And when you ask the question, well, what do you want that man to have done? What we would say is, well, we expect that criminal to not go into other people's houses and try and steal their shit and to not murder the people in the houses. Pretty easy answer. That's what we in a safe society expect. Don't break into people's houses. Don't steal their shit. Don't murder them. In this situation, I've not heard what, what do you think this kid was supposed to do. Now, people will say he shouldn't have been there. Okay, shouldn't have been there. He was there. So now what? Right? He was there. That's a fact. Is he guilty for being there? Now, you can say he shouldn't have taken a gun, and maybe you have a point. But if he didn't take a gun, the people who called him the N-word, who said that they were going to kill him when he's alone, those people who later tried to kill him when he was alone, those people who had violent criminal histories who threatened to kill him and then tried to kill him, guess what? They would have killed him. So he'd be dead now, right? He'd be dead now. So can't really fault him for having a gun, saved his life. So the only thing he could have done is not go, right? And that he could have not gone and he probably shouldn't have gone. But going is not a crime. It's not a crime to go somewhere. I mean, they tried to make it a crime during the COVID lockdowns, but it's not an actual crime. Especially when, when you live there, when your father lives there, he has a business there. And if you say it's a crime, if that's your, your verdict, that it's a crime to go somewhere when your town is being burned to the ground, what you're supposed to do is stay home and let it burn and it's a crime to go there. Well, then the messaging is clear. Right? If your town is being burned down, you got to let them burn it down. You got to let them burn it down. You can't do anything about it. That's the message. And I'm sorry, that's, that's not a message I think we should be embracing. But the media from Jump Street on this one, way back to last year, immediately framed it as a racial issue. Never mind that, that Kyle Rittenhouse has never said a racial thing that we're aware of. Never mind that he has no affiliation with any whiteness groups, whatever they are. Never mind that the three people he shot were white. They were white. Never mind that they all had criminal records for, for raping children, uh, domestic abuse. These were not good people. Never mind that they attacked him first. Despite all that, they, they framed this as some kind of weird racial issue. And the first person I saw interviewed on CNN was uh, Jacob Blake's mother. Not sure what this case has to do with Jacob Bleep. All right. So, I mean, they all but called this kid the new black face of white supremacy. 
Because that's their new that's their new catchphrase. And believe me, if he was black, that's exactly what they would would have called him. Kyle Rittenhouse, the new black face of white supremacy. That's what they would have rolled with. And you gotta wonder why do they always go to the race card every single time? It's so predictable. Why do they do that? Well, number one, it's effective, or at least it's always been effective. It's starting to become less effective because people are waking up to it. Thank God, right? Number two, it's a, it's effective because people don't want to be thought of as being racist because it's like literally the worst thing you can be besides being a rapist or a murderer, right? You're you're a racist, so it's effective. So it helps them. It helps them win. But the the main reason they go to it is because they want us to hate each other. They just do. The media, the elites, the government, they want you to hate each other. They want you to hate me. They want me to hate you. They want you to hate your neighbor. They just do. And why? Why Why do they want us to hate each other? Why does the media and the government, Fortune 500 companies, all press this narrative of identity politics that makes us hate each other? Why are they always trying to drive a wedge between us based on unchangeable physical characteristics? Because they want us to hate each other. Because if we're hating each other and spending our time angry at each other and trying to kill each other, we will not be upset with them, the people who are stealing all of the wealth and power from society and basically turning us into wage slaves. That's what's happening in society over the last 40 years. So we need to reject identity politics, reject tribalism, hug your neighbor, Embrace them. Hug your Republican, go next door and hug a Democrat. Your Democrat, go three houses down, hug a Republican. We, we need to reject the hate. The entire goal of identity politics is to divide us and get us to direct anger at each other so we don't direct it at them. And I've said it a zillion times. Identity politics forces you to identify It forces you to choose your identity based on a physical characteristic and you feel a kinship or a tribalism with the other people who identify the same way. It forces you to choose. It forces you to choose. I reject it. I will not choose. I'm not a white man. I am not a straight white man. Cisgender, I'm not that. I'm a dude. My wife is not a Filipino woman. She's a hot ass. I'm a dude who likes hot asses. My wife is a hot ass. That's what we are. My friends, they're not Asians and Mexicans and blacks and whites. They're not. They're they're fucking cool people. I have cool ass friends. You guys would love my friends. Some of them are a little bit wacky with the liberal ideology, but I I look past that because they're cool people. They love their kids. They love me. They like to do fun shit. I don't care about their stupid politics. Don't care. I don't care about their stupid skin color. Don't care. Right? They're cool people. And I'm a dude who likes cool people. We gotta all just reject politics that revolve around race, gender, and sex. Reject it. You hear it? Reject it. Whether you're on the left or the right. If someone's trying to appeal to you because of your whiteness, reject it. If someone's trying to make you feel like a victim because you have black skin, reject it. It's just lies. It's lies and manipulation and it's designed to turn neighbor against neighbor while the elite bleed you dry and steal your your tiny little savings account while purposely by purposely inflating the currency they're stealing from you 
They're stealing from you. That's the goal. They want to steal from you and they want you to have to work for them forever for pennies. Don't let them do it. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by sheathunderwear.com, our one and only sponsor. We need more sponsors, people, so please click the follow button. Please give us a review. Don't make me beg. Do it. We need another sponsor. We need two more sponsors, three more sponsors, but we're so grateful for sheathunderwear.com, and I'd be pimping them even if they didn't sponsor us because it's the best. It is the best underwear. And now that Homeboy is growing a furry set down there, I'm going to get Homeboy some sheath underwear. Sheathunderwear.com, code word dad for 20% off. Get that dual pouch underwear. Get a nice, snuggly, snug, snug set. Your wife will love them. Your girlfriend will love them. My 12-year-old's uh, transgender bisexual girlfriend will love them. And yes, that's a true story. We'll talk about that later. Sheathunderwear.com, code word dad. Let's get into it. Hey guys, we're here with Tracy Henderson. She's the founder of California Parents United, which is a nonpartisan organization fighting for a parent's right to make decisions in their children's lives, which I don't know, seems reasonable. Uh, this group is an important part of the fight against tyranny. Tracy, thank you so much for what you're doing and thank you for joining the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Like I just I just said, when we were talking, you're a natural fit for this show and, and what we're all about. <laughs> Um, now fighting for parents right to make informed decisions about their kids, that doesn't seem controversial. That, that seems like, you know, standard, right. But I guess in 2021 it is, why is that controversial these days? So it's actually becoming more and more united, if you will. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story that'll, that'll, um, bring it home, if you will. So I left California for about six months to move to Utah, and I got hooked up with Utah Parents United. And we passed a law within two months banning masks in schools. Awesome. And um, of course, my daughter, who's 15, wanted to come home to California. I mean, who doesn't want to come home to Carmel, to the beach? Beautiful. To sure. friend, right? The best. <laughs> right? So we come home. And before we had left, a woman who was running for school board had started a listserv. There, I don't know if you had this happen in your school, but our school district sent out a survey saying, okay, would you like to come back two or three days a week? And yeah. parents, yeah, the parents don't. are like, where's the five day a week option? Right, right. <laughs> so she started a, I don't know, GoFundMe survey or whatever they are at change.org. And, and she got 1500 parents to say, where's the five? And that's pretty good for our school district out here in Carmel. Yeah. So she had this list served. So I'm all gung ho. I'm starting California Parents United. I'm coming home in July to California. And I say, okay, guys, we're going to support mass choice. Cause I knew I had to change my language in California. And I got kicked off the listserv. Kicked off the platform. Mass ser- mass choice kicked off the listserv. So, hmm, I guess a Not parent right to choose is controversial. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy that some of the people were saying, I'm not letting my child near any kid who isn't vaccinated and doesn't wear a mask. It's just, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, it, it is unbelievable. It, it, and the, dis, you know, they talk, they love to talk about disinformation, but the disinformation that is spread and the repression of like facts is, it's staggering when you really start digging into like numbers and facts and what gets repressed and what gets labeled as disinformation. It's mind blowing. Now, the, the United States Attorney General, Mer- Merrick Garland, he called parents who speak up at school board meetings, he, these are his words, domestic terrorists. And he used the example of a father 
whose daughter was raped in a bathroom uh, and used that as the example of a domestic terrorist. And, and this is what they're, they're choosing to go after is parents who care about their kids. Meanwhile, universities are teaching children that pedophilia is a sexuality and they're, they're labeling the nuclear family racist. So like what the actual hell, what, what is going on? Like I don't recognize <laughs> the country anymore. I think the leadership in, you know, the Biden administration is all woke leftists and they're, they're truly pushing an agenda of what do they call it? Um, the re- great, great reset. Like my husband explaining to me, if you, if you can grasp the mentality of these people, he was explaining to me, they literally will put the oil industry out of business so that everybody has to buy electric cars. I mean, who does that? That's not America. That's not free competition. That's a very small group of elite left leftist woke mentally disturbed you know delusional people who think that they can change the united states of america and i got some very disturbing facts today um one of the sheriffs over in la county and i i'm i'm assuming the sheriff in la county but i i'm not going to you know confirm or deny that is is saying that they have now taken the police off of public transportation they are seriously trying to create a situation of destabilization he won't, he won't enforce the, the job, the injection on his officers because he knows he'll lose 25% of his workforce right. and he can't afford to have that. But that's, it's, it's really moving in that crazy direction. And what will ultimately happen is they will ultimately bring in the federal, federal authorities and you'll start seeing lockdowns from the feds. I mean, it's, it's really bad and from the highest levels of power. Yeah. And, and you say, you, you said they're, they're leftists and all that. And, and what, what I don't think people get is they're not doing this because they're good people and they want to make the world a better place. They're just funded by it. These politicians are just funded by a different group of people. So they're going to legislate, you know, like when, when, when the, when COVID hit, they shut down all local businesses, but you could go to Walmart. Now, that doesn't make sense. And anybody with a brain knows that doesn't make sense. Clearly, they're trying to drive things in a certain direction that benefit the people who fund their campaigns. So, so anyone who has it twisted in their mind that they're, they're making these decisions out of the goodness of their heart because they want to save uh, the world from global warming or whatever, that's not it. That's not it at all. They have an agenda and it's, it's a greedy one, just like it always is with politicians. Well, and, and just to be clear, I say, I choose my words. I'm a lawyer. I'm a licensed California attorney, a mom of a sophomore, like, and like you said, founder of California Parents United. So as a lawyer, I choose my words carefully. I'm not talking about liberals. I'm not talking about Republicans. I'm not talking about, you know, independents. I'm talking about leftists, extreme world reset leftist, George Soros leftist, right? So that's a very different term. So I just want to be clear um, because again, this issue of a parent's right to choose what they believe is best for their children has nothing to do with politics. You know, if if a parent wants to teach their child to be a liberal, great. If their parent wants to teach their child to be a Republican, great. Right. It's nonpartisan. It it should be their choice. (laughs) Exactly. I do not hashtag. I do not co-parent with the government. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be very clear about that. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the masks a little bit because this is this is kind of my breaking point recently. And you mentioned some good things right before we got on that I want you to tell the people about. But I've I've had it with the masks, and I was polite and I was compliant for a minute. But I'm at the point now where I just want to I want to send my kids to school with no masks and see what happens, right? But I my wife she's she's one of these goody goody rule followers. She's a nurse, 
but she knows cloth masks don't do any good, but she's one of these people who like, she won't push back. Like when we go to a basketball game, if there's an empty seat, four rows ahead of us, she's not going to sneak down there with me because we might get caught. She gets anxiety. And I got to imagine there's a lot of people out here like her who are not down with the mandates who know the masks don't work, but just go along because they don't want to make waves. So my question is, if I can't figure out how to activate my wife on this issue, how do we activate a whole state? So first of all, thank you for being a man in this fight and not needing to turn in your man card. God yeah. bless you, because there's a lot of men out there that need to do that. I just need to say that before I forget, Matt. But let me just make it very clear to you. I am part of a legal coalition of lawyers across the state working on all of these issues, right? And I could tell you pretty much, generally speaking, what's going on on each issue even if I'm not working on the case, but I have it on good information from a very credible lawyer that CDPH will never unmask our children. Never. So bring that in for a second. Wait, okay? you, what do you mean you have it on information that they will never like who, who is they? So, so one of the lawyers working on the mask lawsuit that was just kicked out of court has had conversations with doctors, with the County, with, with individuals who have reached out to CDPH and have said, okay, so what's the offboarding plan? Mm -hmm. um, doctors, and I don't have specific people, but I trust this lawyer. Okay. He has emails from the County and from CDPH and they are, they are never going to unmask our children. It's control. It's, it's not about health. Not about doctors health. have reached out yeah, to CDPH and said, look, this is child abuse at this point. There are 40, 47 peer reviewed double blind studies that show that you're damaging a child's hippocampus within three minutes of wearing a mask. And CDPH just says, no plans yeah. to offboard. So doctors are now throwing their hands in the air. So if, as a parent, if I tell you CDPH will never unmask our children and what is a school principal and a school superintendent and the school board say to you when you go to them and say, okay, when are we going to be done with these masks? Oh, we have to follow CDPH. Mm -hmm. So if CDPH is never going to unmask your ch child. Are you just going to let the child be masked forever? So here you want to know what to do. Yeah, that's what but, I want to know. But, but, but Matt, think about that for a second. That's what your wife needs to hear. Mm -hmm. so we, well, are, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think if parents heard that, that it's going to be never, 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 like never. there people are, people have their limits. Um, and there's no doubt, like, we don't even need to get into it. Cause I've been over it a thousand times on this show, the amount of damage that it does to a kid's psyche, the, the, the mental anguish, the suicides, the, the fact that they're afraid to touch each other. They're not playing with each other. It's damaging. We've been over that. Okay. That's conclusive. Okay. That's okay. conclusive. We all know that. But the fact of the matter is it's not about their health. It's about control. And this idea that they're never going to, they're never going to take away this restriction. Um, how do we get that information out there? Like you're telling me, but where's that coming from? Well, okay. So, so, but I want you, that's what I'm going to start saying in my speeches to people. CDPH is never going to amass the children. So what are you going to do about it? Parents, what are you going to do? So your wife is going to accept your child being masked forever? No, she would I not think, accept that. 100% right. she okay. would not accept that. But she's not going to believe. Um, uh, let me get there. Yeah. So now I've got her attention. She's like, okay. wait a minute. Okay. That's, that's the first thing you have to realize. So now here's the deal. So at the beginning of the school year, parents' rights groups across the state of California, including California Parents United, Reopen California, those kinds of groups, Cal Latinos for Medical Freedom, we had school districts rolling. Okay, when I say that, I mean they were um, adopting policies of non-enforcement. Okay, so what does that mean? CDPH at the beginning of the summer, when we're all playing in the park without masks, 
issued a guidance that said you can't bring, if a child comes to school without a mask, kick them off campus. Within five hours, no joke, they reversed that because that's illegal. So what they did was they created a protocol or, uh, excuse me, the guidance that dictates um, the non-enforcement, excuse me, the enforcement prong of the mask guidance to the schools. So now that's delegated. And the only requirement for a school is to develop a protocol. Okay. See how vague that is? Develop mm-hmm. a protocol. Yes. Some sort of protocol. So what we were doing is we were running around to school boards and getting parents to run around to school boards saying, okay, they didn't tell you what the protocol has to say. So guess what? You can choose non-enforcement and still be within the guidance of CDPH. And we had big districts like Roseville, Corona Norco, Orange County, Capistrano were rolling over. Mine and Carmel, God love you, Ted Knight, but he's a Nazi. He just, he's, he's unreachable. So that wasn't happening here. Then... CDPH got wind of what was happening. Okay, you're not going to believe this. And then they sent a lawyer around and this lawyer ran around telling schools that number one, it's illegal to do non-enforcement. And if you don't enforce and a kid gets a teacher or a parent sick and they sue, we're not going to pay for your defense attorney. And when I was, and I know this because um, for a parent came to me. Yeah, no. So, and I'm like, what? Okay, wait a minute. There's no law mandating masks. And, and this is a joke because do you understand the concept of causation, Matt? Yes. Okay. So you, in, in the, in the world of civil torts, when you sue somebody, one of the elements is there has to be a connection of causation. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to prove that Johnny, what's your, what's your child's name? Keller. Keller. You're never going to prove that Keller went to school and got his math teacher sick because you know why on the way to school, the math teacher stopped at Starbucks, right? Then she went to the bathroom. Then she went in the lunchroom and hugged her other friend. And then she went to the principal's office, shook his hand and then went home and felt like she had COVID. And she's going to say Keller gave it to him. Never going to prove it. So that defense attorneys, that insurance attorneys threat that you're not going to get your defense attorneys completely hollow. And this concept of illegal to have a non-enforcement policy. Whoa, 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 whoa. So what, so there's a very, very um, crazy thing there and it's, I'm going to do my best to explain it simply, but here's where we have them by the cojones. Okay. So anyways, there, and I'll, I'll come back to that for a second. So it, it became a chess game with CDPH. They realized that schools were doing non-enforcement, but there's no law and there's no punishment for the schools. Right. So what did they do? CDPH drafted a letter, August 23rd letter with all these made up threats mm-hmm. and it worked, it scared the school districts. They stopped doing policies of non-enforcement. Okay. This is somewhere like in the September timeframe. And then I don't know, do you remember when governor Newsom came out with his announcement about the COVID injection? Do you remember when that was, he said, we're going to mandate in all like October, work. I believe. Okay. So then he Recently, came out yeah. yeah, and he made that announcement and it scared the bejesus out of the parents and everybody forgot yes. about masks. Right. Schools stopped doing non-enforcement. Well, it's far worse. Yes. Right. We're like, the love of God. Okay. So then now we're all trying to calm parents down. We can talk about that in a minute. And all of a sudden, November 12th, one of the lawsuits, okay. I don't know. Do you, are you familiar with the reopen California lawsuit against the masks? Okay. So what they did in June and July is they filed a lawsuit against CDPH for like a temporary restraining order and an injunction. It's kind of like, your, your boyfriend beats you up, you go to the judge to, so you, he can't come home that night, right? They lost their temporary restraining order. They, it, the judge set it for an injunction hearing. I think it was um, the 8th of November, if I'm correct. Uh, and yeah, it was the 8th of November. So they go to injunction hearing, the judge kicks the entire case out. 
It's like, that's over. It's a bummer, but there's a nugget in there. And that's why this mask thing is reignited. And this is really powerful for your listeners, Matt, because now is the time to do what you said earlier, go to school without the mask. And it's a whole big plan that not only high level educators are preparing behind the scenes, but parents, big groups of parents are preparing. And here's what it is in the judge's order. It says that two of the three guidances, right? Mask quarantine testing, two of the three are only recommendations. That judge got on the record, CDPH to concede that. That's huge. Okay, you can take that piece of paper if you're getting quarantined and you're getting testing and say, it's a recommendation and I opt no, thank you. And I have a judge's order. What about sees that? Okay, so that okay. That's, that's from a judge, but w- I mean, the schools have set their policies at that at this point. No, right? no, 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 no. What they're all doing is they're following CDPH guidance. That's what okay. if you ask anybody, they'll say we're following the CDPH guidance. And the C- CDPH guidance now is set by this judge that it's a recommendation. Yeah, they've conceded. So CDPH has come to. It's like you're negotiating. Mm-hmm. You're like, we want this all to be recommendations and go away. And yeah. now CDPH has come to the table and it's like, I'll give you two out of three. Okay. But here's the thing: it's really all of them. And this is from a lawyer's perspective. So what, if you ask somebody, what in the guidance makes it the mask a mandate? Because you have to understand there's no law mandating masks. And without a law, there's no penalty. Well, it's the emergency authorization act or whatever, right? Okay. So that's part of it. But, but before you get there, it says mandatory. So a government agency writes in a piece of paper and says, you have to wear you know, purple shoes every day and it's mandatory. Now, all of a sudden, that's a mandate. Well, where's the teeth behind that? Well, you're right, Matt. It's the Emergency um, Services Act. It's the state of emergency. Under When there's a state of emergency under government code 8567A, governor's orders have the force and effect of law. Okay, but, mm-hmm. but wait a minute for a second. Back to when this, assur- this insurance lawyer is running around the state saying it's illegal, it's illegal. Wait a minute. An order having the force and effect of law is not illegal. It just has an, has the force and effect. But the problem is there's no law and there's no there's no remedy. So you get pulled over by a cop and what happens? You get a speeding ticket, right, or right, whatever. Yes. And you what's what's the remedy? You get a fine. Yes. Or if you refuse to talk to him, you could go to jail. So that, that's the punishment. But having the force and effect of law, there's no punishment. So okay, it has the force and effect of law, but the schools don't have to follow it. Do you understand me? They don't have to follow it. And if one, if two of the three are guidance recommendations, that one's a recommendation too, but for that state of emergency. And just so you know, lawsuits are being filed against that state of emergency, right? But you, you can, you can go into your school district and you can say school board, these are all recommendations and I opt to know, thank you. And you only have to fall, develop a protocol under the guidance, right? And you can do non-enforcement and guess what? There's no punishment for you. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes it's sense. It's really hard for schools boards to, to grasp that because yeah. they, they say, well, I'm not going to get a defense attorney. And I just told you how stupid that is. Well, well, the teachers are going to strike. So let them strike and fire them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're vaccinated and masked. I love teachers. My husband's a teacher and principal. But you know what? At this point, if you're vaccinated and masked, you don't need to burden our children. But do you see? They keep they keep trying to come up with punishments, and CDPH knows they have no valid punishment. Does that make sense, Matt? Yes, that makes sense. And I think I think a lot of these schools, um, they they don't really want to go along. They're getting tired of all this as well. They don't want to be the the mask police. Um, so I think if if you give them an out like that, they might take it. But the bottom line is they're they're scared. 
they're, they're scared. They don't want the liability, right? Um, so you're making it clear that they don't actually have the liability. The liability is not on them as long as they make their policy is, our policy is we're not mandating it. Basically. Yeah. And, and, and Matt, there, there's on my website, um, CaliforniaParentsUnited.org. If you click on the call to action tab, you said you looked at it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at that page, there's what's called a see my smile campaign. And it's not just a pretty yellow t-shirt with a smile. It's literally a strategy that a principal in Placer told me about. I'm not going to give you his name because he is fighting CDPH authorizers and winning. And his kids are going to school without masks. And I hesitate awesome. to put it on the air because you really have to, this, the strategy works if you have a principal with some cojones, right? Sorry if you're a female principal. I love you, man. But um, you have a principal with courage, I should have said. And you you understand how to document the situation properly while letting the parents choose. And then you have a record to have a conversation with CDPH and they can't do anything because here's the deal. You remember the um, willful disobedience statutes? Do you remember those, Matt? Have you ever heard about those? Mm -mm. Okay. They're used and I don't remember what year they were eviscerated, but there used to be willful disobedience. And it was like a kid comes to school and goes, Oh, you know, motherfucker, I'm not doing what you say. Get off my campus. And the, the, the liberals, had those eviscerated because they considered them racist because typically what was happening in our minority communities and my husband used to be principal at um, McClymonds in Oakland. Right. And you have a different, whole different culture because you have a lot of uh, moms without dads, that kind of thing. And so there's a lot more disobedience, if you will. Right. Um, Situations there, you, you know, he used to teach in juvenile hall, that kind of thing. So they would have a statute where you could just be kicked off campus. They're gone. So you can't kick a kid off campus for being smiling and healthy. The, the, the only way you can do that is if there's evidence of clear and present danger. And that statute. So because kicking a kid off campus for being disobedient is racist. Now you can't kick them off for being willfully disobedient on, on these masks. Yes. Yeah. There's no, there's no. And the other law is clear and present danger. It's the expel and the, um, the suspension law. So it has to have clear and present danger, which is like drugs or guns. Mm-hmm. So this principle Told, I mean, he's the one that educated me. He's like, Tracy, there is no legal way I can kick a kid off campus when they come to school without a mask. But and they do. They, they do anyway. So you, well, you, know, you they should be take, sued for discrimination. Yes. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. If they can't and they do, then, then, then you got a case. And you talk about the, the Emergency Authorization Act. Um, Services. What's, what's yeah. whatever, whatever it is. What's the yeah. emergency at this point? I mean, what? And and if it's an emergency, like that, when he puts in this law that we're you have to have your kids vaccinated, it's not like they have to be vaccinated today. It's like they have to be vaccinated two months from now. That's not an emergency. You know what I mean? Like an emergency is my ass is on fire. Like sit in a bucket of water. Like if 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 you gotta have the vaccination because of an emergency, it, it's tomorrow. So not that I want that. I'm just saying this is clearly they're just trying to control us. It, they're not concerned about the spread. They're not. It's it's none of that. It's it's control. Um, now, you. Well, to, just to that point, the reason the ESA, the Governor Newscom's extended it to 2022 Newscom. March. Are you, you're, are you intentionally saying Newscom? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Well, did I really? Oh, sorry. Um, he's a dictator drunk on his own power. That man yeah. needed to go. Um, but he, he extended the emergency you, um, order till March 2022. But you know why he's doing that? Because he gets federal funds for it, and it gives him all kinds of powers. 
Yeah. He's drunk on his own power. So yeah, well, no, he certainly is. They, they all are. All these governors, all these mayors, they're, they're, they're loving it. And they don't even follow their own rules. We, we know that we've seen one hypocrite after another. So it's clearly, it's clearly about power and control and they love it. This is what gets them hard. I guarantee this is the only way he can have sex with his <laughs> wife as he, as he tells some kids, they got to get vaccinated. Boom. Boner city. Sorry. That's inappropriate. Uh, no, no, it um, doesn't bother me at all. Like I don't, yeah, no, it doesn't and, bother and me you know, I've not been hopeful about California. We've, we've made plans to get out of the state. We've actually gone out of the country and pursued, uh, getting uh, a visa in another country, but we haven't made up our mind. Like we're still here. We're still fighting. We're not until these, until they're physically holding down my kid to vaccinate him or kicking him out of school, we're going to stay and fight. But I I've been hopeful recently, like just last week, there was a massive protest out here. And now the LA sheriff, who's a Democrat who you mentioned him, he says he's not going to enforce the mandate with police. Now, whether it's because he's a good dude or whether it's because he knows they're going to lose a large portion of the force. Doesn't matter. Fact is, he's not going to enforce it. Right. Um, so I'm becoming more hopeful. Are you? Are you? You're fighting. Are you hopeful, or do you think you're going to be heading back to Utah? So uh, right now, my daughter. Do- I have a couple of plans to deal with it, but my my daughter's 15. She's a sophomore. So we're gonna we're gonna fight tooth and nail to keep her in school, and we've got a couple of ideas. But the, the, the line in the sand for me, honestly, is if I run out of options to keep her away from the COVID injection. But let me tell you a couple of things if I can, Matt, because sure. in my mind, it's like a legal puzzle. And, and there are certain people putting the puzzle pieces, my dishwasher's beeping. Um, there's a certain people putting the puzzle pieces in place. And one thing right now that parents need to breathe in is there is no mandate. Schools cannot mandate it. LAUSD has been sued. Do you know this? Yes. Okay. Nicole Pearson is a friend. She's on that case. There's a hearing on December 8th. There is their injunction hearing. They have exceeded their authority. Culver City is next. Okay. But they're doing it anyways. Why? Woke leftists. Okay. But here's the thing. The only legal way they can do this is CDPH or the legislature has to add the COVID injection to the schedule. They have not done that. And even if you listen to Newsom's speech about this issue, he said when it's FDA approved, it will be added. So everybody's calling my, I have friends in Carmel that went to their principals and said, so do you think it's going to be January or July? If I have anything to do with it, it will be never because it should never be FDA approved. And if your listeners don't know, there is no FDA approved COVID injection. Okay. Comernity was approved. It's a brand that's not manufactured. It's illusory. Okay, everything is emergency use authorized. And this is very, very important. So CDPH has to add it to the schedule or the legislature. There, don't get me wrong, Buffy Dick and Wiener, Buffy Wicks, Richard Pan, and Scott Wiener up there at the Capitol are trying to draft legislation to add to the schedule. And they're going to try to take away a personal belief exemption because if they do add it to the schedule, you have a personal belief exemption. So that's breathing number one is I thought the no personal uh, the personal belief exemption went away like five years ago. Am I, no. am I wrong on that? No. no, we're talking the the medical exemption opportunity for the currently scheduled vaccines mm. have has went away. You can only yes. doctors only get five a year, and good luck finding a doctor who will give you one because mm. they challenge their medical license. Yeah, but the COVID injection has not been added to that schedule, and the schedule okay. is in the statute, right? So when they add it to the schedule, the 277, 276 and the health and safety code, I forget number, whatever, says that you have you get a personal belief exemption. Okay. 
So right now, if tomorrow they add it to the schedule, you submit your personal belief. But don't go do that right now because remember, we're in a chess game with CDPH and they're looking for ways to, to, to win in the chess mm-hmm. game. And Buffy, Dick and Wiener, when they go back into the schedule in January, they're going to try to take that away. So what do we do then? Well, we you have this very powerful thing. It's called federal law. It is illegal to enter a child into a medical trial when there's no benefit. And when there's a risk, even a minimal one, the ability to enter them into a medical trial gets even less. So okay. federal law, Matt, trumps state law. Well, does it? I'm not yes, sure about no, that. It's called the supremacy clause. You're a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're but all- also when you say if there's no benefit. Now, of course, we know it, there's no benefit to the to the kid because there's no threat to the kid. But can't they argue that there's a benefit to society because the kid won't spread it, even though that's not necessarily true? It couldn't that be we're the not argument? talking. I'm talking about health and HHR. I think it is regulations for children. Uh, you know, you as an adult, you want to go enter yourself into a medical trial. God bless you for testing it out for the rest of us. No, thank you for me. But it's your choice. But I'm talking about children. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about 18 and under. It is illegal under federal law when there's no benefit. And you know why there's no benefit? Because they have an immune system. 99.97 recovery rate. And when there's alternate treatments available, like, have you heard of this thing called ivermectin? Sure. I've been on it for eight months. Right. You, <laughs> yeah. you can't enter a child into a medical trial when there's a safe alternative that's been around for 50 years. Right. You know, so it is illegal under federal law. And what these schools are trying to do is they're violating federal law. Now, where my little linchpin goes away, my brilliant idea is if the FDA approves it. Sure. So over my dead body, will that happen? And I mean that I am literally, if you are famous, Matt, I need the rich and famous lawyers that 10 steps above my pay grade to go after the FDA. I know, I know that Robert Kennedy is going after from another angle, but another angle, but he's not going after it from that angle. What we need to do is we need to roll back the emergency use authorization for children because they didn't follow the statute. Yeah. Okay. So when, when Makes sense. Yes, it does does make sense. Yes. I follow you do a very good job of uh, dumbing it down for non-legal people. Thank you. (laughs) Um, When, when I find myself discussing the vaccine with, with uh, colleagues or friends, we always, I, I work in healthcare, okay? And so okay. does my wife. It, it always becomes a, a health debate. And I just want to stop them there because, look, I'm not anti-vaccine. I actually did get the vaccine about five months ago. It made me sick for four days. I regret getting it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Personal Please, choice. I'm not, I'm, yes. That's what it is. I'm okay it's, with that. It's personal choice. That's where the argument should start and end. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about the efficacy of the, of the vaccine. It's shit, by the way. It's not very efficient. Yep. You still get it. You still pass it on. But that's not where the argument needs to be. It's about personal choice. And and the whole argument falls apart from their angle when you have a million people coming across the border who aren't tested. They don't force them to get vaccines. They let them in the country and give them welfare. But if I don't get the vaccine, I lose my job. Right. I lose my job and I don't get and I get no benefits. I lose my benefits. So yeah. that's the end of the argument. How can you how can you let people in, not give them the vaccine and give them money, but citizens lose their job and get no money? End of okay. end of discussion. Did you hear about the potential four hundred thousand dollars? Yes, money? yes. What the what? Some lawyer is capitalizing on that. Oh, that's not sure. an ethical lawyer. Let me tell yes. you. 
Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope you win this fight, but to me, the, the whole thing, like feels ridiculous that we have, we have to fight this fight. Like, w- especially for our children, when, as you mentioned, their immune system takes care of this. No healthy children have died. Like something like less than 10 healthy children worldwide have died. That's, that's nothing, you know, more kids, you know, fall off their bicycle sitting still and die. Um, now let me ask you this. If you, if, if you, if we do not win this fight against the vaccines, right again, let me restate that. If we don't win this fight on personal choice for vaccinating our children yeah, and we still elect to stay in California, are other things happening as far as like other choices for parents, um, other schools going to open up where all the unvaxxed kids can go? Cause like I, the idea of homeschooling that's, that's popping up and people are doing that, but there's, you know, in California, I work, my wife works. We can't homeschool. We have right. jobs and we can't afford this place. If we don't work those jobs, are right. there going to be other options? Well, you know, me either. I'm a lawyer, not a kindergarten teacher, you know, and I, I, my demeanor is such, right. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. I would lose patience, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things. First, um, I think it's Fix It California and Cal Policy, Lance Christensen. He is um, going to put school choice on the ballot. Him and his colleague, I forget his name, um, in 2022, November. And what that'll do is give you your $14,000 that, that they get for awesome. you to go. You have that in like New Hampshire. So if, if yeah. you pull your kids out, you get that money and then you can do what you want with it. Do what you want. And so what else is oh, happening is they're, they're developing things called private education associations, right? And that gives you the opportunity to get away from the state regulations. Now, I'm not an expert on this. My This is about as much as I know about it, but I have been told that there are schools where you've got a child who's actually in the public school system and in, in a private education association. And so they're okay. treated differently. Like they don't have the same rules. So I would understand that to mean if you're part of a PEA, that you say no thank you to the job, even if it's mandatory for the public school student, two kids sitting next to each other are differently situated. But I think what they're really going to do is That's just make schools. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's coming like, so I'm not an expert in everything. Um, and I have like people who are working the legislature lobbying angle. I'm connected. Mm-hmm. I'm connected to people who want to start schools and school choice initiatives. Um, there's a parent union out there. I'm connected. So, so what I'm told is that these PEAs, are going to be popping up. And that's where, and I think one of the ideas people are doing is if you're a teacher and you don't want to get the vaccination and you're losing your job or you're a principal, you know, get together with people in your community, find a building and pull your resources and start a school. You know what I mean? Start a school and make your own rules. No masks, yeah. no job, no testing, no anything, no quarantine, none of it. Right. Well, we and have I, that now with charter schools, but they're extremely difficult to open up out here. Like I've yes. looked into that. It's damn near impossible. Um, the, what I didn't know this about school choice that, that that was going to be on the ballot. Like, is that in process or it's actually going to be on the ballot? No, there you can, um, I think it's fix it, California, possibly my my colleague is Lance Christensen. And I wish I interviewed him. I I had more information. I can, I can follow up Matt if you want me to, but, um, you could probably Google duck, duck, go it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'm training yeah. <laughs> like haven't trained myself yet, but it's happening. And, and unfortunately there are two different initiatives. So the voters are going to have to be really careful. They're, they're the same thing, 
but mm-hmm. the high powerful people disagreed with each other. So they're, and it's just like so stupid. So I'm talking to them saying, can't you just come together and people are people. They can't. It's like, I heard Robert Kennedy and Del Bigtree aren't friends anymore, you know, and they used to be friends or something. It's just yeah. it, human condition. People but there will, yeah. But there will be about initiative on the ballot and all you have, to, all they have to do is the highest vote getter is going to do it. So we need to get behind it. And that would be amazing. That, yeah. that that would fix it all. You have school choice. You pull your kid out. You get your fourteen thousand dollars. You hire a tutor, or you put them together with five other kids, and you get you get a tutor. That would be that would be beautiful. I can't. I would be very surprised if California let that happen because that <laughs> that will be a loss of a lot of money, and they love their money out here. Well, um, this is not why it's so important for you to get off the couch. Yeah, and if you're a teacher, withdraw. Okay, so getting off the couch. Hold on about that. So when, when, when black lives matter, uh, started their protests, I took my kids, like I will, I want to teach my kids about civil disobedience. And we went to a couple protests until they became about, you know, like communist riot fest. And then we are out, but I, I'll, I'm there for defund the police. Like, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. You, you, you seem like you're a conservative, but I, I would hope that conservatives now are waking up to the fact that these mandates, people are going to be enforcing them are the cops, right? Um, whole different subject. Point being, I want to get more involved with this. I know other people who want to get more involved in this. What are some groups we can join or protests we can get involved in? What are some things we can do to get more involved in this fight? Okay. So it really depends on what you want to do. Like, what's your passion point? So if your passion point is the masks, what's happening across the state is parents are gathering in groups and a group is three, a group is two. Okay. And they're getting together and they're like the resources I have on my website are a letter to your educator that pushes back on the CDPH that says your threats to the schools are legally crap. They're puffery. And so, Oh, really? My license isn't going to be pulled legally. Yep. And here's the, so it's called the letter to educator. We have a, um, a fake public enforcement policy we have a liability release and we have the cool yellow t-shirt. So people are getting together. They're sitting down with their principals. They're saying, okay, here's the plan on how you can follow CDPH guidance. And my child comes to school without a mask and it's working. Okay. I have a parent call me today that said every class except fourth period, her child is not wearing a mask. So, so you're just it, taking this form letter off your website and get like three parents together. They're signing it, taking read it. it no, they got to read it. They got to watch my video because there's secrets. I'm not telling you okay. purposely because in case, in case CDPH authorizers are listening, I'm mm. not going to give it away. So you got to go do it. You have to do it quietly. Don't advertise on next door that your school is maskless. Cause that's what happened to this principal in Plasters is I called him because I heard, heard your school is maskless. He's like, God, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. So, so it's CaliforniaParentsUnited.org call to action. That's one thing. And you are going to see December 6th and I'm not going to give it away because there are people who steal my ideas also, Matt. So you got to, you know, you got to call me personally <laughs> okay. and you got to go to my website, but there is a, a group of educators. Like think of all the steps, like teacher, um, assistant, principal, principal, assistant, superintendent, superintendent, school board, blah, 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 blah. like one of those groups is getting together. They're meeting in San Diego. They're going to all meet and they're going to launch their resolutions or, or um, memos or whatever they're going to do all together at once. The parents and everybody were looking around December 6th to do a walkout, right? Awesome. I mean, a walk in without masks, right? Awesome. And it's over, but you have, but here's the thing. You have to find a couple of friends because, because yeah. if your child is 10 years old and they're scared, mm-hmm. they want to follow the teacher's orders. They're going to be put in a very uncomfortable position. 
Well, my, my kid already, we already did a walk out here a couple weeks ago and, okay. and my, my kid did it and it seemed like about maybe 5% of the school did it. And I think okay. that's significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. 5% can make a difference, right? Yeah. Now, so what you do is you go, you call those 5% parents, you say, okay, let's all send our kids to school without masks. And, and now mine's 15. She defies me. So I have to put a mesh mask on her. And I have a mask exemption. She won't cooperate, but at least she's got a holy mask. And so sure her brain's not being damaged. And my deal with her is you either wear this or we're moving to Florida. So it's not Utah, Matt, it's Florida, but, but that's with my daughter, but you get 10, 15 year olds. And listen to me, Ponderosa high school, 46 teens walked in without masks. Wow. 46. Okay. They've also started a movement. That's another secret stealth movement we're going to do. If you want to be involved, caparentsunitedgmail.com. But, but you need those, there's now 300 parents over in that area gathering together. They're having a big meeting on December 5th. They're working with everybody around them and they're planning a December 6th, no more masks. And it's going to be like 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred parents and kids at each school. So what I'm doing at Carmel, I actually have a group now. Remember I was kissed, kicked yes. off the listserv. They're coming to my house on the 29th and we're going to do this here. And we're going to do lower school, middle school and upper school. And we're just going to try to find 10 parents to do it. Yeah. That'd right? be terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, what will happen, Matt, is they'll see, they'll see their friends doing, they'll be like, how are you doing that? Of course. Call my mom. Right. Know? I mean, look, no kid wants to wear a mask. Your daughter, your daughter wants to wear a mask. It's not, it's not cause she wants to wear the mask cause she wants to, you know, it's everybody else is doing it. She doesn't want to make waves. Exactly. That, that's, that's what happens, especially as, as a teenager, peer pressure. If they see a couple kids not doing it, they're not going to want to do it. Especially if it's the cool kids, you got to right? get the cool kids. <laughs> exactly. Now um, this, this is really, here's what, here's what I've learned in the past couple of years. Like the ACLU, this is a civil rights. This is a civil rights fight. The ACLU is not only not supporting it, they're they're against it. So it seems like you only get civil rights today and you only get support of civil rights groups if you vote the right way, which is completely bizarre to me. Like, I don't know how we got to this point. And so many people just, they just either don't pay attention or they don't care or they've been main, they've been brainwashed by mainstream media. And I'll, I'll give you one example. Like we... We even you and I in this conversation, we keep calling it the vaccine. That's what everybody calls it. I call it's it not, the injection. Yeah, it's not a vaccine. It's just it's not say injection. A vaccine. Yeah, say injection. Yeah, we need the way the left. You talk about you mentioned the left. They change language, like they redefined vaccine. They literally redefined it. There's a new definition of it. We need to fight back with with language because language counts. It matters. People, it gets in people's head. It becomes part of the the standard dialect. And it's forever changed. So yeah, things like that are important. Like we shouldn't, if if we're not down with it, we shouldn't be saying vaccine. We should be saying medicine or whatever term you want. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm super glad you're out there fighting this fight. I'm glad there's there's other people like you. You know, last week we had um firefighters for freedom on. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it it's starting to feel like the tide is is starting to turn and. The, uh, this mandate with the what they call the vaccine this feels like the turning point because parents don't want you fucking with their kids that's like yeah, amen. amen that's that's where it ends so i think that's where people are starting to care um thank you so much once again tell us your website um where can people find out more about your movement thanks matt so californiaparentsunited.org 
Uh, my email is ca parents with an s united at gmail.com. I know I have to trade it to Proton. I'm yeah, you do. <laughs> and you can go, I hate F book. You said it. So I'm going to say it. Fuck book. I hate them, but I'm mm-hmm. on fuck book and I'm attorney Hendo on Instagram and I'm on Twitter, but Twitter's not really that happening, but um, please do go to my website and hit the shop button and get yourself a t-shirt that says, I do not consent. Because remember, if you listen to nothing else I said under federal law, you have a right to withhold your consent. So that's the next movement. And Matt, there's a country music singer that's going to make me a song. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Anyways, Very it's really cool. nice to meet you. And thank you for the opportunity. Nice to meet you too. You're fantastic. Thank you so much.